and welcome to another episode of Sage Cigarettes Presents The Ghost in the Magazine. I'm Steph. And I'm Raul. That's Raul. (laughs) (laughs) Raul, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, Well, I am a first-generation immigrant from Mexico. I am 32 years old. Been a lifelong horror fan with... uh, an infatuation with uh, overly brutal and violent movies, but I also love um, the Twilight franchise. So take that for what you will. That's wonderful. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the Twilight franchise is its own kind of scary, but you know, no judgments here because I also have seen all the movies. It's a good world that they've built and I will die on that hill. That's actually valid. I I like that because I'm all about world building. If it's a universe I can get behind, then hey, I'm good there. All right, Raul. Since it's your first time here on this podcast with us, uh, I have to know what is your favorite scary movie? Oh, hands down. My favorite scary movie is John Carpenter's The Thing from 1982. I got really scared for a second and I I thought you were going to say vampires. But the thing is, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I do like vampires, although James Wood is like a garbage person in that movie. I'm so glad you said that we trash him in that movie constantly. And I just rewatched it recently and sent like a screenshot to Elle, who is also on this podcast. And she agrees. Mm-hmm. James Woods is a garbage person. <laughs> yeah, he's like the uh, in that movie. He's like the epitome of toxic masculinity. Uh-huh. But somehow it's still fun to just watch him brutalize vampires and get brutalized in return. Yes, that part is the best part, in my personal opinion. So let me ask you, what is your favorite thing about the thing? Um, I love the practical effects, literally everything. Like, I love the practical effects, uh, how, how beautiful they look, how good they hold up. I love the acting. Everyone's just on their A game. I love the story and the isolation setting. Mm-hmm. I love blood in the snow. Everything about this movie is sheer brilliance to me. And I will champion the movie every single chance I get. And anytime someone says they haven't seen the movie, I say we need to have a movie night. Absolutely. I say the same thing. Have you played the board game? No, I've not played the board game, but I did uh, play the old Xbox game slash PC game. Oh, I didn't know there was one of those. I've only played the board game, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the Outpost 31 board game, right? Yes, it's good. Yeah, I just don't have people to play board games with, except for my wife and son, and they're more like Candyland and Race Mm. to the Roof and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely not in the same field. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe someday. (laughs) Well, today we're here to talk about the faculty. Which is a classic in my eyes. I don't know about yours, but it's there. It's all right. It's a uh, it's serviceable for mid nineties horror. Serviceable. <laughs> I think it's. Oh, I think it's so good. Okay, so it's probably. I think it more has to do with the cast of this movie, probably for me, than the actual story itself. And I'm the other way around. For me, the cast is kind of what brings it down, and the story <gasps> is what. Uh, what I really enjoy about it. I'm not a big, I'm going to say this. I'm not a Lord of the Rings fan. And to, for him to be our main protagonist, I'm just like, Ugh. no, it's not Frodo for me. I do like Lord of the Rings, but he's, I mean, you know, he just kind of there for me. It's Zeke. <laughs> I love Josh Hartnett. And I thought it was so fun to have him as this, like the classic, you know, stoner guy. Yeah. The stoner with uh, the, the, 
just a huge intellect and a heart of gold. Yeah, and messed up hair. I don't know why his hair was doing that through the whole movie. It doesn't make sense to me. Because it's the 90s. Oh, God. No, thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So this movie starts uh, with an angry coach who is Agent Doggett from the X-Files. I know he's in T2. Yeah, he's uh, the T-1000. Yes, but I am not a huge Terminator fan, not saying it's bad, but it's just never really held my interest. The X-Files, on the other hand, I devoured as a child. So he plays a really good angry coach um, and he's like (laughs) the first to go down. So he's the weakest. And then, you know, he slowly infects the other teachers and they slowly infect all the freaking kids. So the teenager group sort of bothers me because they're all very like niche characters like you have to have one of each like collect them all yeah they're they are caricature pokemon of slasher characters yes i literally said caricature in my notes like it's it's yeah it's a sad exaggeration of high school because High school's not really like that, but yeah, whatever for the 90s sake. Um, So obviously Frodo's the nerd. Um, Sorry, Casey. And then Stokely's the cranky goth girl. Deke's the stoner. Delilah. Delilah's character doesn't make sense to me. And she's a little frustrating because she is editor in chief for the school newspaper. I'm editor in chief. And there's no way that she could do that and be head cheerleader yeah, I feel like uh, she's trying to be beauty and brains. And I'm like, this this much of either of those categories doesn't fit in the same character. I feel like she was kind of, I think I maybe in the beginning of the writing process, she started out as two characters and they just morphed it into one. And that does not work. She's no. not real. No, that doesn't work at all. And then on top of that, she's a shitty girlfriend. Stan, who's the jock, he decided like way too late in his high school career that he wanted to quit football. And sure, it's stupid, but they're kids. They're supposed to be teenagers. So yeah. instead of just being like, well, okay, if that's what you want to do, she grills him in front of everybody, like in a hallway in school and tells him he's dumb. For the most shallow reason, too, like uh, she says, well, and, well, she she questions their relationship. She says that the head cheerleader can't date a wannabe jock with an intellectual thing, like an intellectual jock. She has to date like this, the head quarterback. Dumb. And I'm like, you fickle bitch. Literally, but that's who she is. Yeah, she was the worst. <laughs> literally the worst character and they do this thing that i've mentioned before in this podcast that i absolutely hate about 90s movies what they have what they do is they put a girl in glasses and a ponytail and they're like boom ugly yeah and they do it twice in this one yes they do (laughs) it's so not cool as i sit here in glasses and a ponytail (laughs) oh but you you work it girl you work it Thank you. She, <laughs> on the other hand, is ugly from the inside out. Okay. Yes. So what I think is incredibly interesting is that as the teachers get infected, they glow up. They come in looking fire after they get mm-hmm. a little alien juice in their bodies, makeup, hair done, skin glowing. Yeah. And maybe it's because they get very thirsty all of a sudden and the hydration is what's making them pretty. 
Would you would you say that they became thirst traps? Oh my god, absolutely. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was incredible. Don't apologize. Yeah, so it's all very it's all very shallow and terrible. Um I think it's hilarious but also not believable that Zeke is peddling drugs out of the trunk of his car. Caffeine pills crashed up with a bunch of random shit. There's no way that this would have gone on as long as it did. Oh, no. And the faculty knows. Yes. And that they sent a little quiet mouse teacher to say something to him, or she's the only one who has said anything to him about it. And I don't yeah. I don't like the way that he he talks to her. He's gross. Even yeah. though I just said that I like his they- character. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's supposed to be offensive, but also he was definitely taking charge of that situation. And let me say, like, I I work in the public school environment. My wife is a public school teacher at a middle school. There is any teacher that is that mousy and unsure of themselves is getting eaten alive. Literally. I literally had the same thought because teenagers are brutal, for mm-hmm. no reason. Like it's probably all the hormones and they don't eat breakfast. Sorry, I was not a bad teenager. I was very considerate, but I also ate breakfast. So um, oh, I was an asshole. Oh, did you eat breakfast? Uh I, no. You see the correlation here? You know Anger. what? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so everything's still stealthy at this point all right they're undercover and then casey finds a dried up specimen of something on the field okay then he takes it to the science class and shit gets weird um the science teacher is looking at it right they spill water on it and it starts moving around and you realize it's alive everything that happens after this bothers me because they put it in a fish tank and he puts his hand in there like an idiot like a super idiot if you know anything about science and i'm not a science lady anything if you don't know what it is don't do that my so my my co-host on my podcast she's a scientist and i just thought she'd be appalled at the actions of this science teacher i agree and i'm like so it literally gives me anxiety when characters do stuff like this like it like it's happening in my living room and i had a huge fit when we covered um splice because that movie is have you seen that movie oh yeah yeah i think the first rule of science is don't have sex with your specimen but i might be wrong that's above the first rule don't do that yeah so even before he does that, they're just sticking their hands in places. And that's like what this is. And of mm-hmm. course it bites him. So he's bleeding all over the place. And then, um, you know, they're just very suspicious. And then I think um, Dan is in the shower and an older teacher doesn't take very well to what's happening. And she's like melting in the fucking showers. <laughs> Well, they, the way they describe that is that uh, when they implanted her with like the parasite thing that turns you into a body snatcher person, um, then like she, she was too old or too feeble for it to latch on and take over her. So it just wrecked her, uh, it just killed her. Literally, her skin was melting and yeah. poor Stan is naked and, you know, just he's trying to comfort her. 
Yeah, <laughs> good on him. Very, because I would have been shrieking. I would have pushed her like, no, thank you. I'm like, I'm really sorry this is happening to you. But <laughs> and in her chunks of her hair is just falling out and like hitting the floor. Wild to see. I love to see it. But to experience it, no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One thing, though. Um, we should also say that among our group of characters is a new girl into town. Oh my God. Don't even get me started Ma- on Ma- Mary Beth. Mary, yeah, Mary Beth. I think and- the standard rule is the husband did it or the new person did it. I feel personally attacked. Oh, sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I moved around a lot when I was a kid and I was always a new kid. It's, unfortunately, it's real. You're lucky that you never moved to a town that was like right about to have an alien invasion. Otherwise, they would have killed you. They they certainly would have. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Any smart person <laughs> would do that. So lucky I don't you. blame them. Not at all, because if you use your big brain then that's the way to go but nobody in this movie was using their big brains Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no okay so casey and delilah are looking for clues in the teacher's lounge and they get caught in there which is too much so they go into the closet and these fucking teachers are talking about everything so loud like not everybody is an alien you'd think they would be a little bit more hush hush but that's the water they're drinking all the water and it's giving them confidence. Yeah, they were like monologuing like a like a Bond villain. Yes. Why do you do that? I don't know. They, they could like the writers could not have thought of a more organic or natural way for us to hear that direct exposition. So they just assume we're idiots. Unfortunately. And then mm-hmm. freaking Salma Hayek comes in and they get her. That's right. She's in this movie, too. You know what? They did it three times. They did it three times because they they gave her a cold and a lab and a baggy lab coat. And none of that is going to make Selma Hayek look anything less than gorgeous. I'm sorry. There is not a thing in this world that could make Selma Hayek look anything less than stunning. Mm -hmm. It's just not possible. But her. Oh, she's got sniffles. Ugly. It's just not feasible. So they get her and like the kids can see this from the closet and then the old lady's body falls out shit gets crazy they open the door and they run out and i just think the next turn of events are wild like his parents get called delilah disappears it's freaking crazy um yeah and he gets grounded the dad casey's dad who is that guy what is he oh he's in Oh my gosh, he's in a lot of stuff. I, I looked and, up the character name and he's got like 200 over 200 credits to his name. Um Yes, he's in he's a well-known actor and I can't think for the life of me what the heck he's in. He's so he's Christopher McDonald. He's in everything. Oh, he was a uh, Shooter McGavin in Happy Gilmore. Okay, that's that's it. That's what my mind is thinking. He also has like big voice actor credits, like um, like the DC animated series. He played Jarrell, which is Superman's dad. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay, come through with the fun facts. <laughs> okay, well, his eyeballs are like <laughs> frightening. Like they almost pop out of his skull. And that's always what I think of when I see him. So yeah, everybody gets in trouble. And then... They call 911, but these teachers spin it like, oh, no, that was, what was it, Re- Resuscitation Annie that you saw. 
was just a doll, Elise. But to their credit, kind of does look like the dead body that came out of the closet. Yeah, you're not wrong there. But yeah. like, and nobody believes teenagers anyway, especially, you know, apparently they're all doing caffeine in the parking lot. So yeah, they're and- unreliable. So it, it sounds like I've been shitting on this movie for a little bit, but I will say that when they go back, when um, Frodo goes, Casey, <laughs> when Casey Frodo. goes, back, yeah, when Frodo, well, when, like I said, I don't like Lord of the Rings, so I used to call him Scroto Baggins. Oh, that's rude. <laughs> I will refrain from doing that, though. But when Frodo, gets the police and tells them that there's a body in the closet and whatnot. So it gives them the, the situation. The one of the best things I thought about this movie was right there in front of him. This seconds from the time it took from the, the cop to be isolated in, in the room in the office of the principal yeah. to them coming out and him realizing, Oh, they got him. Like that was yes. so suspenseful. I loved it. It was such a slick operation and mm-hmm. like the feeling of hopelessness that he must have felt like, hot damn, I'm going to die here. Like they're going to get us all. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. That, that, that's one thing I love about the thing. And they brought it to this movie. You trust no one. You can trust no one. No. So yeah, that brings it to the next thing. So basically it turns into a war between the teacher and the conscious students because the other students don't give a shit and they end up getting aliens in their ears. And um, my favorite thing (laughs) is when they're telling the science teacher or whatever, and he like tries to lock them in there and they chop his fingers off and the fingers are like crawling on everybody. Oh yeah. So good. It's so good. Creepy with the fingies. with the paper cutter blade. Yes. <laughs> like way to be resourceful children. Like that was incredible. Um absolutely. Although um there is another movie I can think of right off the bat that had that used the paper cutter blade as a machete. Can you think of what movie that is? <laughs> Which one? Uh The Punisher with Thomas Jane. <sighs> I do love The Punisher. I haven't yeah. seen it in a long time. I love that movie. It's very good. I didn't watch the show because the movie like lives on forever in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I can only think of what's his face as Shane from The Walking Dead because I hated his character. Oh, yeah. He's the worst. Absolutely the worst. So, you know, they realize that literally anybody could be an alien. And they also realized by killing the science teacher guy that Zeke's drugs can save the day. They kill the aliens. I'm I'm putting my arms out like this is a vlog. It's just a (laughs) podcast and nobody can see me except for you. So so then, you know, they round robin that shit and everybody has to take drugs. I'm so sorry. I'm by the beach in Miami. So you may hear some road sounds. You're sorry for being by the beach in Miami. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sorry. I'm super happy, but it is loud go. by the street. I, I sleep like a log, so it doesn't bother me. But awesome. You know. Yeah. So um, I mean, nobody wants to snort it, obviously, because nobody knows exactly what's in it besides caffeine pills, which you shouldn't snort anyway. But nope. it's <laughs> don't snort caffeine pills if you're listening that- to this. 
generally don't snort anything. No, you shouldn't, but you absolutely shouldn't snort this shit. So they take turns. Um, and then, you know, the last to freaking do it are Mary Beth and what's her face? Delilah. 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 Mary Beth appears to do the thing and be just fine. But Delilah's face freaks out. And I love the like the crawling under the skin stuff. And so she turns like looks like I'm like a wild animal and there's thingies <laughs> underneath her skin. Yeah. I love it. I, I love how she had, even though she did kind of become a little feral right there. Yeah. She had enough like intelligence and I don't, I mean, I don't know about if feral is the right word. Maybe I'm just lacking for the right word, but um, she just destroys this drug lab that Zeke had mm-hmm. so that they were unable to make any more of the drug. And I thought that was really smart because that gave them a limited supply and it raised the stakes a little bit, not only for them as characters, but us as us as the viewers. Yes, 100%. I love that. The other thing I loved in this is when she was getting all hostile and accusing everybody of being different. And she was telling Stan, oh, you use big words now. You're obviously an alien. And he says, I'm not an alien. I'm discontent. Yeah. See, like nothing that Delilah did, whether before or after she was an alien, had me on her side. She was always just a bitch. A huge bitch, which I think is crazy because you know, Fredo ends up getting the girl, but he gets the most trash girl there is. Honestly. Yeah. Did you really win, Mr. Baggins? <laughs> <laughs> Took that ring all the way to Mordor and he got a bitch. Wow, I went all the way to Mordor and all I got was this stupid girl. <laughs> Even though she's wilding out and breaking shit, nobody wanted to shoot her and then Stokely grabs a gun. She says, I'll fucking shoot her, which would be me. Like, I'll shoot her right in the face. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. This is a, she's obviously an alien. This is a life or death situation. I will shoot her as many times as necessary. Yeah. But she got away. Um, so yeah, they need to do the final showdown. And of course, I think it was a Friday night. Where else would the aliens be but at the football game? Well, they did establish that it's a it's a small town. It's a football town, like fo- high school football town. And I get that because I live in a high school football town and like homecoming event here where I live is like a town wide event. The stadium is packed and I live less than a mile from the from the high school stadium. So it is bonkers. Luckily, I do like to go and indulge, but it's fun. I know what that's like because I grew up in one of those towns and I lived right next to the football field. So yeah, yeah. I don't envy you though. I'm happy that I don't live by that now because I don't know football. I was just there to hang out. I don't know anything about football. Alrighty. So they think that the principal is the queen alien. So she follows them into the gym and um, they shoot her. And then she comes back to life. there is kind of like a fake out where where they they she plays dead and there's blood Mm -hmm. oozing out of her head and it's a cool it's a good shot and it lasts long enough where even the viewers are like oh crap was she an alien did they just kill an innocent person right because her blood is just spreading across the floor and i'm like oh hot damn like did she really just die And just at that second where they're like, oh, crap, we really messed up. She springs back to life and attacks Frodo. I mean, Frodo Baggins. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's fine. (laughs) 
I love those moments. Okay. I, I love jump scares, but I love that last like like in like in scream when they come mm. back, you know? Yeah. It's one of the rules. And I really do like that. So when she comes back, you know, they hit her with the drugs, but Mary Beth dumps all all of the shit that they have except for a couple of pens on her and she melts but she's not the queen so they have to go get the drugs from Zeke's trunk so he goes out and he uses Frodo as bait which is hilarious yeah I I, I really enjoy that part because when they're when Zeke and Frodo go out to go get the drugs they're like shimming around the football team because the football team's out for blood they're they're like trying to hunt them down track them down right and it's it's apparent that they're not going to get to the car so frodo's like how are we going to do this do it or no what did, what did you say he said does it take two people to get to your car he says nope, <laughs> nope. one of us is bait and of course, it's not going to be the guy with the car keys. No, it's going to be tiny little Frodo, little yeah. pale Frodo. I know, right? See how fast those Hobbit feet run. <laughs> well, apparently pretty fast because he was out running some football players, like the whole team. Yeah, like Usher was there. I think he runs fast. He seems pretty fit. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. So Zeke goes to the car and then hot teacher attacks him she's yeah the crazy. teacher that was mousy she's hot now yeah hot i'm sorry quote unquote now she's hot but yeah but all she did was put on some form-fitting clothes and take her glasses off it's literally all she did yeah she put a little foundation on too and apparently that's all it takes to have this magical transformation yeah she's asking for some cherry flavored condoms literally it's her confidence <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah confidence makes you hot mm-hmm. that's what and it is she had a lot of it but she gets mm-hmm. decapitated so we don't have to worry about her and her head rolls away like on tentacles bad cgi the worst <laughs> so funny, but so funny yeah. while they're doing that mary beth and stokely are like alone together and then um mary beth exposes herself that sounds funny well because yeah i mean she literally got butt naked oh she did she did and exposed herself as the big old water roach that she is um and i feel like personally like that whole scene was wild and she she hits her and it gets crazy but she gets in the pool and i feel like chlorine water should kill her yeah if like caffeine pills and just like dehydrate deep I don't know what the word is like dehydrated powders are going to kill her. Then chlorine should definitely have an adverse effect, right? Yes, <laughs> I really think so. So I think she, she infects Stokely too. And then it's literally just Frodo and Zeke left. And she's trying to convince Zeke that she's not the queen. And she's just standing there naked in the shadows yeah. like a psychopath. And then the final scene, it, like she's trying to feed off of Casey being like insecure and being nerdy. And she's like, if you join the hive, you're going to have a really great life, which like, no, thank you. I don't care what you promise me. 
I don't, I don't want your alien babies in my body. So is this an allegory for like giving up your own personality in lieu of like uh, a place in a shared collective for a bet for an easier life? Yes, because you don't have to think about anything. You don't have to worry about anything. Like I'll take care of you, little baby, because you're going to be a part of me. And I'll do everything for you. At the cost of losing everything that makes you unique. Yes. Yeah. It's so inviting. Like, why wouldn't everyone want to do that? I can think of a few reasons. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> no, no podcasts. No, no need for podcasts. Oh. Yeah. That goes one of my hobbies. Uh, unfortunately, all your hobbies will go. Dang um, it. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah, but the final scene is the best scene, in my opinion, when he she's chasing him through the bleachers and the bleachers are closing and she just about gets him. Literally, it's the last second. Like, he gets those little roach babies in his face when he stabs her in the eye. Yeah, yeah. Like, when she gets stuck in the bleachers, her last ditch effort was to just spit those yeah. leech things. And that that practical effect of, like, these things going into Frodo's face so i was good. like oh my gosh it's so <laughs> gross i love it i love it too and then i love how as she's dying they're like he's like ah. and they're slowly falling back out of his skin yeah which is great i mean they died and they had the decency to crawl out of there so that's fine that's fine. that's very respectable you know i can i can respect that yeah it's a good ride like it's a good ride the hokey thing though is that once it's over first of all there's not like a a government cover-up or anything frodo's on all these magazine covers (laughs) and they're like interviewing him for the news because he was the last one and normally they try to like you know shut that stuff down but everybody knows oh hey our town was infected with aliens and frodo saved us I mean, he can do more than just dispose of jewelry, I guess. (laughs) I guess. He can also stab an alien in the eye. And then everybody has, like, this golden happy ending where they end up with someone, which I'm not a huge fan. I love this movie, but I'm not a huge fan of that at all. I'm definitely just not a big fan of, like, happy endings. I I love mean-spirited, nihilistic endings. Have have you seen the remake of Pet Cemetery? Yes. I, I love that ending. Yes. <laughs> when they like when Gage is just in the car and and you hear the beep beep as the the door unlocks and then yes. fade to black. I was like, they're gonna kill that baby. They are terrible to say it that way, but it's so good. <laughs> it's so good because like that's I mean that's what you're watching a scary movie for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, the peaches and cream. Also, I'm not like, uh, I'm not a huge fan of like rom-coms or romantic movies in general. Um, they're upsetting to me. <laughs> like, I just, I don't like feeling that much emotion for, for things like that. I'm just not into it. And, and in a lot of these movies, I feel like it's an unnecessary element, especially here to have so many relationships. Like, three of and the guy ends up with the teacher yeah like what it doesn't matter that he's repeating his senior year 
or that he's like smoking publicly in front of his football coach. He's still barely out, barely an adult, like in a relationship, I guess, with a grown ass woman. Like that's, that's gross. It's super gross. And the teacher thing, teacher student thing is just upsetting in general. Even if like we've talked about it before on this podcast, because so many movies have it. Even if you're like both adults, it is still an education setting and you should not do that. Yeah, the power dynamics introduced in in that kind of relationship way before anything romantic is is happening are so uneven that there's no way that like a healthy, happy relationship can come out of that, you know? Absolutely not. (laughs) But hey, you know, I guess everybody got caught up in not dying. Yeah, they're trauma bonded. That's exactly what that is. She's like, hey, I know you decapitated me with your car, but like, you want to get dinner? Uh, (laughs) She's like, you gave me head, so. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Okay, well, that was a fun ride. Do you have any final thoughts about the faculty? Like I said, it's serviceable. It's it's fine. There's really good parts in there. Um, There's also really bad parts in there. Like Mm -hmm. all the times where they referenced uh other movies or like an entire plot point where they're talking about invasion of the body snatchers i was like oh you know it's like they're trying to be scream obviously because that was you know the hit thing before this movie came out yes so i have a comment about that because i didn't know about this like the first time i watched this movie but they mentioned when they're talking about other movies they mention how it's um like straight out of the puppet masters and this movie is a revamped version of the puppet masters from 1951 and i thought that she was saying like puppet master and i was like well, that doesn't make sense because i'm thinking about this the movie with the dolls but no there's a movie just like this the puppet masters yeah yeah that was um yeah i i, I know what they were talking about i i kind of had the same thing where they're like oh the, it's just the puppet master i'm like First of all, I have all those movies on Blu-ray. This is not And it that. is not like the puppet master. <laughs> so it also threw me for a loop. Yes, but I had I Googled it really quickly before we got on Zoom. And I was like, oh, that makes more sense. So I think it was intentional. For me, the scariest part of this movie were the 90s eyebrows. Oh, man. <laughs> They're guaranteed to jack you up. I don't know. Like this, this movie is very nineties. Like it is so not like there's Jenko jeans all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh man. Like all the, all the nineties hair. I'm actually watching it. Oh, I got a TV right there and I'm watching it right now as we were talking. It dates itself a lot. It does. Um, it, in a way that Scream doesn't date itself. Like Scream still holds up right now. We can't, we can't even get me started on talking about Scream because I get way too excited, but that's a very valid point. It really doesn't. Like, Scream never has to be remade. They'll never have to touch it at all. Mm-hmm. It It's just gonna, it's gonna stand the test of time. This movie is very 90s. Oh, yeah. For sure. But, I mean... For, for all the good parts that's in it and all the bad parts that's in it, I'd say for the, the level of movies that we get we were getting at that time in mm-hmm. the 90s, it's I'd say it's above par. So 
I can't remember. Do you rate movies on this on this podcast? Not re- I mean, we rate it based on would we watch it again? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I would I would watch it again. I would buy this on Blu-ray if I could find it. I also would buy it on Blu-ray. I just I really enjoy it. Like I think it's a there's not a bad time through this entire movie. Like it's a it's a solid good time. And that's really what I'm looking for. I mean, there's 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 a lot of fun things. Like when Shooter McGavin showed up, I was like, "You eat pieces of shit for breakfast." Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's just it, it, it's fun. It's fun and it's fine, but it's not the best, you know. No, no, it's not the best. Um, but I would say it's very solid. We would watch it again. So this movie wins this episode. So Raul, do you have anything going on in your podcast that you want to talk about? Uh, well, my podcast is Headlong Into Monsters. It's a relatively new podcast. And we do, we, our episodes right now are over the two hour mark consistently. So it's a pretty long listen. Um, but uh, we recently covered Motel Hell. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, we're actually recording Wednesday for an episode that hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I can put out by thanksgiving if not thanksgiving weekend um and we will be talking about the original toby hooper 1974's texas chainsaw massacre oh okay well i will for sure be listening to that and if it's out thanksgiving weekend then it'll be out by the time this episode airs so that's exciting uh as far as this podcast goes (laughs) december marks a really fun month uh, we're covering the Warrens all December, so we will be doing The Conjuring. We're doing Annabelle. We're doing The Devil Made Me Do It, and we're doing another one, but I'm not going to tell you which one it is. You're not you're not doing uh, The Curse of La Llorona, are you? No. Oh, thank goodness. That movie sucked. That movie was abysmal. Started out very promising. Like, the first 15 minutes are great, mm-hmm. and then it just completely dropped. No, that movie doesn't exist in my heart. Um, um, I would like to apologize to whoever made it. But... <laughs> On behalf of whoever made this, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, Raul, where can people find your podcast? Uh, you can find it pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, uh, like I said, it's Headlong Into Monsters. We also have a Twitter page for it, at Into Monsters. That's in the number two monsters. And we also have a website at headlongintomonsters.godaddysites.com. I don't want to, I, I don't really want to pay the money to get rid of the GoDaddy sites part. It's like $15 a month. I don't know. I'm, I'm not doing that. That's totally fine. We don't have a website for this podcast because I pay for one for the magazine and I'm not going to pay for two. So I understand. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, it's totally fine. So um you can follow this podcast on twitter at gitm podcast and you can follow me on twitter at which x pudding okay bye bye